myself, Tim. Hi. You have uh, Lachlan. Howdy. And Ruben. G'day. Uh, in case you've just joined our show, um, we're three middle-aged guys who are working through some philosophical classics. And uh, right now we're about halfway through the Enchiridion by Epictetus. And um, none of us have any formal qualifications in this stuff. We just read it and uh, think about it as uh, three dudes and talk it through. And um, yeah, we hope that you enjoy listening to us work through it. Um, but before we do that, we will do our usual t- our tradition, uh, which is to discuss our beverages for the night. So um, my beverage for the night is a nice warm cup of Earl Grey <laughs> in my Austin A30 teacup that my mum got me one year at Christmas, I think. So. Too good. <laughs> oh, Trevor at home, not enjoying that. <laughs> uh, all right, Lachlan, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm very uh, predictably having a, a gin and tonic. Um, I um, have sort of run out of my usual, so I've got one of my wife's, which is a apple and black currant, which is a bit more frou-frou than usual, but it's actually not too bad. It's pink. Apple and black currant. It is pink. Yeah, it is pink. He's drinking pink gin. Is it a, a kind of, it's almost purpley? I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty pink. Rubes has called it. <laughs> well, I, Tim, I think Tim would say that all gin is women's drinks. So That, 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 was, his, that was his point. <laughs> well, I thought you guys had convinced me otherwise, so I kind of just saying okay it's just not it, it might not just be for this dude it, it could be for other dudes but it's not for this dude <laughs> i just think i think oh, british yeah. british imperialists british imperialists would say otherwise to me absolutely <laughs> well i'm on board with them that's fine <laughs> um and what are you drinking there ribs uh beer today for me Ooh, what is the beer uh is this corona yeah nice nice that's a sensible choice <laughs> it's in a nice glass that you've got there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to fit two beers into one glass <laughs> so that I didn't have to get up halfway through the podcast. That's forward thinking, good planning. Yeah, pra- practical, uh, practical action right there. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's jump in. Uh, so we're up to, uh, well, I guess you'd call it, verse twenty-eight or chapter 28 i don't really know what the correct terminology is um we will just explain to those listening we're going off a kindle edition which has an error in it and if you're using the kindle edition uh just a heads up so the section 28 in the kindle edition uh is quite long but it should only be the first paragraphs and then section 29 is everything else that's in 28 on the kindle edition plus section 29 so if we stop early and you're surprised, that's why. <laughs> so uh, section 28. If anyone trusted your body to the first man he met, you would be indignant. But yet you trust your mind to the chance corner and allow it to be disturbed and confounded if he revile you. Are you not ashamed to do so? Now, uh, before we get on to that chance corner, I tried to Google that. <laughs> um, I, didn't I thought get it was like a Monopoly. A- yeah, it's, it sounds like that, eh? Yeah. But um, I did find a reference, and um, 
and sorry, we haven't done our, uh, our, our podcast for two weeks now. So this, I, I did this um, research two weeks ago, so I'm going back in my memory here. Um, but it, it sounded like it was uh, basically like a, a, a place in the public square, a domain where people could spout and voice their, their ideas and what have you for anyone to come listen to. So you just imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it says someone on, uh, you know, standing literally on the soapbox is, um, I guess, what you'd have from uh, um, from the somewhat more modern era. And uh, you know, that makes yeah, that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense. But I read that and I didn't even give it a second thought. I'm just like chance corner. My brain just interpreted that chance encounter, and I moved on. I didn't give it a second thought. But now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, what the hell is chance corner? Yeah, it just seemed like a really weird like a, a street in Athens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, all they're talking about is just um, some some uh, some rando getting up there on the soapbox and uh, spouting forth their wisdom for you, and uh, you know, should you uh, should you take heed or not, is the question. Well, yeah, I like. I just, yeah, I like it. I'm nice, nice and pithy. This one, and it just makes a lot of sense. I like. I like the comparison. It's like you wouldn't let somebody just like someone you don't know just control your body and do whatever they want with it so why would you allow them to do it to your mind no i think it's pretty simple pretty good well i think it gets uh, perfect for the modern age as well you know um you know i think people are really quick to trust uh online sources of information so you hear a, a news story break or someone's you know putting something forward and um you know whose opinion is it and what's their angle know um so maybe you know check your sources is kind of maybe a more modern sort of way to think about it before you just accept some random person's point of view you know where are they coming from and and why do they have that view be a bit cynical (laughs) is this the beginnings of fact checkers yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) i do do like the the comparison of uh your physical body and the mind you can sort of see them He's almost putting them on the on an uneven keel. Mm. Like, don't let someone control your body or your mind. You know, yeah. almost saying that they're equally important. Yeah, well, I think it's just like more obviously. Like, of course, you wouldn't let someone control yeah. your body. So, <laughs> why would you do the same for your brain? You know, but we do sort of. Yeah, like when you go to the doctor, oh, quite often you go to the doctor you've never met before, and they just be like, "Here, have this." Okay. Um, and I, I've seen it in a different way. Like, uh, we went to the tattoo expo earlier this year. I went with my sister-in-law and, um, there was a stand after stand after stand of all these people with drawings of tattoos and things everywhere. And people were just like, uh, can you tattoo me like right here, right now? You know, everywhere. <laughs> like just, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Um, just cause it's a picture in that book doesn't mean that that person did that you know that their mm. studio did that but it doesn't mean that person did that that person might, <laughs> the person might uh not have the most steady hand or the quality of work might not be what you're expecting to be like people are very happy to just sort of go yolo and chuck it in there it's <laughs> a bit weird yeah i hear what you're saying but I, I don't think um going to see a doctor is the same way as uh, trusting your body to the first man yeah. you meet they've okay. taken your uh, hippocratic oath right so uh it'll look after <laughs> oh yes the last time i heard that phrase was in the new batman movie the hippocratic oath that was mentioned 
There you go. That's very good. Anyway, well, um, I reckon we we've nailed it. We're, we're awesome. Let's um let's smash on to twenty nine. But to save our minds because they're so long, what do you reckon? I'll read what's in twenty eight as twenty nine A, and then we talk yep. through that, and then twenty nine. Go for it. Okay. In everything you do, consider what comes first and what follows, and so approach it. Otherwise, you will come to it with a good heart at first, because you have not reflected on any of the consequences, and afterwards, when difficulties have appeared, you will desist to your shame. Do you wish to win at Olympia? So do I, by the gods, for it is a fine thing. But consider the first steps to it, and the consequences, and so lay your hand to the work. You must submit to discipline, eat to order, touch no sweets, train under compulsion at a fixed hour, in heat and cold, drink no cold water nor wine except by order. You must hand yourself over completely to your trainer as you would to a physician, and then when the contest comes, you must risk getting hacked and sometimes dislocate your hand, twist your ankle, swallow plenty of sand, sometimes get a flogging, and of all this suffer defeat. When you have considered all this well, then enter on the athlete's course, if you still wish it. If you act without thought, you will be behaving like children who one day play at wrestlers, another day at gladiators, now sound the trumpet, and next strut the stage. Like them, you will be now an athlete, now a gladiator, then orator, then philosopher, but nothing with all your soul. Like an ape, you imitate every sight you see, and one thing after another takes your fancy. When you undertake a thing, you do it casually and half-heartedly, instead of considering it and looking at it all round. In the same way, some people, when they see a philosopher and hear a man speaking like Euphrates, and indeed who can speak as he can, wish to be philosophers themselves. Hmm. So you're saying don't be an all-rounder or a generalist or... <laughs> well, I think he starts out with really sensible advice. Is like, if you're going to do something... Plan it out. Think about it first before you commit. Mm. Um, I, that's, I mean, that to me, that's. I don't mean to be flippant. It's like it seems pretty obvious, but you know, it's good advice anyway, regardless. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, it's um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. You know, it's just think it think it through. What's what's all the uh, the work involved? Not just the glory. I think that's the main sort of main sort of point. And, yeah, uh, it's, um, it reminded me of our read through on the Republic. I think Plato or Socrates mentioned the uh, the Athenian suites or whatever it was that stay like if you went down that path of being an athlete, you got certain things you have to deny yourself. You may reference yeah. to certain certain hookers and certain suites or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember. I do remember. What's um, the bit about uh, drink no cold water? Oh, I think that's yeah, I just a yeah, general uh, health thing. Because um, they say it about athletes all the time, you shouldn't have uh, cold water. You should drink uh, water at your body temperature or, or warm water or something like that. All right. Um, yeah. Well, my son's heard this because today when we went for a bushwalk, we all packed our bottles of water. I, I packed Powerade. Wife and daughter packed bottles of ice cold water with ice cubes in it. And my son boiled the kettle and then put hot water into his water bottle and I'm like what are you doing that for and he goes because it's better to drink warm water 
then the cold water when you're exercising your body absorbs it easier i was like yep okay <laughs> so uh, we did apparently uh apparently middle-aged men have had uh heart attacks when they've been training and doing like like just footy training or something like that and then uh drinking like ice cold water and uh oh, it just like shocks the system or whatever yeah 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 i Don't also heard i also heard that about um with fatty foods you should drink like green tea or hot water rather than cold drinks because the cold drinks can solidify the fat and cause more issues than having something warm that keeps the flat uh, flat keeps the fat uh oh. liquid it sucks <laughs> i love cold water man <laughs> i do too you just don't want to have that uh, big you know white skim of fat sitting on top of your stomach layer you know as it's uh, <laughs> cold water's hitting it yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Hmm. Um, I think like the second bit he starts talking about here is like, um, you know, uh, changing your mind willy nilly about what you want to do. And um, that's, your dem- democratic, that's your democratic man, isn't it? Yeah. Uh... That that that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That was good. I am the democratic man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I We're think you know. To, um... We're referring to our re- read through of um, the Republic, where um, Socrates describes a, a what he describes as a democratic man is someone that just doesn't stick to one thing, does it, a little mm-hmm. bit of everything, doesn't really commit to one thing, um, which is kind of contrary to his his way of thinking because his his whole thing is like you have one job and you do it well, and that will serve you and the people around you, and if you can't, you die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, no, and I think uh, probably um, Epictetus subscribes to a similar kind of philosophy, I think, because you know, he's more or less sort of saying, you know, what are you, a child, getting distracted every two seconds, wanting to change your mind about what you want to do? Like, just pick the damn thing and stick to it, right? Like, stop chopping and changing, but man. But Timmy's right. That's that's everyone these days. <laughs> it, it is modern life, hey? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I, love, I love change. I love trying out different things and... Yeah, mucking around. Um, I don't know if I could do one thing more my entire life. I'd probably get mm. very bored and and permanently depressed. <laughs> I like uh, change and new challenges that keeps me interested. Yeah, I mean, like modern life's different. So, like, you, I think you, you know, if you if Epictetus was around, he might have a slightly different take. But I think he'd still be sort of pointing to the fact that that's cool if you want to go and try something new, but still understand what it Think means it its fullness and put it a hundred percent of your effort into that then if that's what you're going to do yeah uh, think it through do it properly don't chop and change it's still still good advice i think yeah I well think it's, so. it's, you know we'd look maybe at like buying a project car tim and uh like i'll think about that kind of stuff all the time and then uh as soon as i start thinking through what it really means and the amount of work and, and i'm like yeah i'm not going to take that on <laughs> yeah I, I as you know have done many projects over the years and yeah um yeah they, they are a lot of work and there's a lot of things that once you've done a few you realize there's a lot of hidden things that people don't talk about when they talk about how much fun it is to rebuild an old car or an old bike and yeah and um my wife knows those hidden things very well 
guess I really <laughs> frustrated her. <laughs> yeah. um, but they are fun still. Mm. Mm. Um, I, um, I I liked his comments there about um, imitating like an ape. Like an ape, you imitate every sight you see. One thing after another takes your fancy. I thought that was good. Has is, if I, do either of you know? Has anyone tried giving a phone with social media to an ape, like with videos? Like, has anyone, and can they swipe it and kept be kept entertained by cat videos? Oh, I'm sure I mean, they could be. I wonder if that's been done. Surely that's been done. Would have had to have been. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I might have to look particularly. At that. Particularly, I reckon something that's more modern, like a a TikTok or something, because it's just like flicking through to the next one. You know what I mean? And feeding yeah. you, yeah, feeding you like videos, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I wonder, I wonder if it's yeah, been a thing or not. Yeah, look, there's another ape throwing shit at someone. That's awesome. Let's go watch some more of those videos. <laughs> that, that came up on my feed within the last week. Some some poor grandma in a wheelchair had crap flung at her from a chimp it is straight in the face <laughs> uh, yeah. dang. I, just, I just didn't know they had uh, apes in ancient Greece that's all yeah well, well actually that's a good point hey uh, they were big into bringing animals from overseas um, yeah that's true yeah and they had influence in Africa and all that sort of gear so mm, mm, mm. yes yeah so well, apparently there's a second half to 29, is there? There is, so uh, I'll read that now. We'll see how we go. Let's go for it. Man, consider first what it is you are undertaking. Then look at your own powers and see if you can bear it. I'm sorry. That's made me get the giggles. Man. <laughs> man. Like, man, consider first. Of like, Or Samuel L. Jackson saying that. Like, yeah. Gosh, that's <laughs> funny. Oh. Sorry, I, I should have more maturity and not answer that half-heartedly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that just made me laugh. All right, I'll try again. Man, consider first what it is you are undertaking, then look at your own powers and see if you can bear it. Do you want to compete in the pentathlon or in wrestling? Look to your arms, your thighs, see what your loins are like, for different men are born for different tasks. Do you suppose that if you do this, you can live as long as you do now? Eat and drink as you do now. Indulge desire and discontent just as before. Nay, you must sit up late. Work hard. Abandon your own people. Be looked down on by a mere slave. Be ridiculed by those who meet you. Get the worst of it in everything. In honour, in office, in justice. In every possible thing. This is what you have to consider. Whether you are willing to pay this price for peace of mind, freedom, tranquility. If not, do not come near do not be like the children. First a philosopher, then a tax collector, then an orator, then one of Caesar's uh, procurators. These callings do not uh, agree. You must be one man, good or bad. You must develop either your governing principle or your outward endowments. You must study either your inner man or outward things. In a word, you must choose between the position of a philosopher and that of a mere outsider. Now we're getting down to the nuts and bolts here. I think uh, that last sentence is really what he was getting at with this whole thing. It's um, 
Yeah. Choose between the position of a philosopher and that of a mere outsider. Hmm. Yeah, look, I, I think um, he's sort of brought this kind of topic up before um, in some of the other readings we've done, but it just sort of harkens back to the, um, uh, the Socratic sort of stuff that we're looking at in the in Republic, you know, where it is to be a, uh, a philosopher is a commitment and uh, not something to be entered into lightly. And so I think that's what this whole story about the athlete and all that sort of thing is just to you know, give you a, a better understanding of the kind of commitment he expects. But, uh, yeah, you yeah. may be looked down on by a mere slave and ridiculed. And he's, he's talking about the athlete there, but um, he's also talking about the philosopher. So it's, um, you know, are you prepared to, to weather all that? Surely there's rewards, but um, make sure you uh, put your mind to the task if that's what you really want to do. Yeah, I think you're right. Um... It's it's definitely what he's getting at, but I don't know. Is it is it that hardcore? Do you think? Do you think if you pursue philosophy that you're going to get those reactions from people? I I know they were talking about philosophers being strange men. If you remember, like uh, yeah, sort of some of them, like if they were like going like really deep into it, almost like outcasts from society. So I think I think he is pretty literally talking about some of that um well well i mean they killed socrates and i think plato was sold as a slave at some point like yeah i don't know whether aristotle fared any better but what do you think about now like if if um if you pursue the path of the philosopher say um like now do you think that it gets the same sort of reactions or or negative reactions of a different kind? Like, what do you think? Man, that's hard to say. Um... I don't, I don't, here's here's the thing. Um, When you say philosopher now, that's kind of confined to a very specific academic subset. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. If you're a full-time philosopher now, that means you're basically a university professor that teaches philosophy or the history of philosophy. That's a very small number of people. Um, but I think what he's describing philosophy here, I think it's more in reference not to a professional. It's a way of life. Uh, yeah, it's it's more like a religion or a, a way of life. And I think that's why you get him saying things like, uh, you must be one man, good or bad. You must develop either your governing principles, which is philosophy, or your outward endowments. So it's kind of like you don't get both um, if you're gonna if you if you're really gonna follow this path. And that kind of goes back to that whole Plato thing about you know the true philosopher goes outside the cave and he's blinded by the light and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But then the thing that troubles me about that, if that's if that's his thing, if his whole thing is when he's talking about philosophy, his love of knowledge or whatever. Um, he's basically saying there's only if that's the only real way to you know have that peace of mind because it's he's treating it more like a religion it's very exclusive it's very esoteric like he's basically saying you either focus on this fully and basically Mm. are hated by the world or you can just go you can just go and be like every other normie you know what i mean to me that's very elitist (laughs) i i I think you're a bit right um 
but at the same time, I mean, he's sort of saying, you know, look at your loins. Have you got the loins of a uh, philosopher? <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I, he starts out, I think, before he sort of gets too elitist, I suppose, by just sort of saying, look, every person is fit for a different task. And I suppose try and find what's the thing that you're best suited to and put yourself wholly into it, right? But don't yeah, go right. into something half-cocked. But if you want to be a philosopher, I mean, we're like a notch above, right? So, you know, <laughs> you've got to really, uh, you know, put the balls but to he the does kind of, right? But it's, it does <laughs> feel like he's, he's, I don't know whether it's this explicit, but it does feel like he's saying that philosophy is the only way to peace of mind, freedom and tranquility. I don't know whether that's, he intends that to be what he's um, saying, but. I didn't pick up on that vibe. Um, oh, actually, no, you're right. You're right. To pay the, yeah, yeah. This is what you have to consider, whether you're willing to pay this price for peace of mind, freedom, tranquility. You've got to remember I mean, at that point in time, he's... Thought, his whole system of thought is choose what's within your control. Yeah. And aim for that. So I think that this does yeah. tie into it because he's like, that's why he says, look at, look at your body. You know, if you're built like a brick yeah. house, go and be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you're built like a jockey, maybe you don't want to be diving off the top rope kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Because that's before he even starts talking about the philosopher sort of angle. So um, I think you're right there. It's just talking about look at your own capabilities and yeah, what, what you can control and that's where you'll get your tranquility and peace of mind and freedom from. So, yeah, because you've 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 based your uh, uh, what do you call it, your intentions or your what you want. You've you've aimed what you want at what you can achieve. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's um in accordance with nature too, which is a big thing for, yes. for philosophers. It has to be in accordance mm. with nature. So, yeah, he does bring that up a bit. Yeah, yeah, right. I think that makes a bit of sense. Mm. Very nice. Um, I think that, that'll be a new, new T-shirt though. Too Epictetus, look at your loins. That's all you're. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's all you're going to have on the T-shirt going forward. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Timmy giggled at the start with that that man bit, but then yeah. he went. He blew straight past loins and didn't crack up. I thought, I know, this right? game over. I was disciplined. <laughs> I was trying to focus. <laughs> it did jump out at me, but I was like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also, the wrestling, I was um, straight away just thought of The Rock. This <laughs> is funny. When you say rock, when you say wrestling, I think Ric Flair. Woo! Yeah. I do? Woo! Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man. Um, what would be Epictetus' wrestling move? <laughs> the, loins, know, the loin slam of logic. <laughs> the loin slam of logic. <laughs> Loins of tranquility chokes them out. Oh yes, <laughs> choked him out with the loins of tranquility. That's beautiful. <laughs> nice. All right, well, let's move on to thirty. Yep. Okay, so thirty. Appropriate acts are in general measured by the relations they are concerned with. He is your father. This means you are called on to take care of him, give way to him in all things. Bear with him if he reviles or strikes you. But he is a bad father. Well, have you any natural claim to a good father? No, only to a father. My brother wrongs me. 
Be careful then to maintain the relation you hold to him, and do not consider what he does, but what you must do if your purpose is to keep in accord with nature. For no one shall harm you without your consent. You will only be harmed when you think you are harmed. You will only discover what is proper to expect from neighbour, citizen or praetor if you get into the habit of looking at the relations implied by each. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, um, well, you have any natural claim to a good father? No, only to having a father. <laughs> there you go. I, I guess I'm still more. trying to still trying to get my head around what he exactly means by nature. Uh, I think he means the nature of relationships. Um... In this one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I thought it just than... meant it was to be born, you have to have a mum and a dad. So it's oh. in accordance with nature that you have a dad. You've got a father, but it doesn't yeah. mean it has to be a good one. That's right. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't mean that father has to treat you kindly or be a nice guy. It's just you have a father. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sort of makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I think point. it's... Yeah, but uh, what you must do if your purpose is to keep in accord with nature, I, I guess they're sort of saying is like, you know, you know, whether they're good or bad, your father is still your father. And, um, you know, you should still sort of treat him like your father, I, I suppose, is what they're sort of saying. Um, I, I, <laughs> and it's a bit hard to take because, uh, I don't know, the, the language is interesting too, isn't it? Yeah, I do like the um, give way to him in all things. That reminds me of English politics. You know, they always say, um, will the gentleman make way? I'll make way. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favourite parts of English politics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the stuff when you get down to about, um, you know, the brother makes a little bit more uh, sort of sense, I think, when we sort of get down there. You know, um about allowing yourself to be harmed by those sort of arguments or whatever they're doing wrong to you. You know, if you've got your own morality, then sort of stick to that and don't lower yourself maybe to the level and to, to get into sort of petty stuff between your, between your siblings or something. Um, you know, just keep yourself to your principles in a, in accordance with, with your nature and you'll only be harmed when you feel you're harmed, you know, cause that's that whole impression piece that we've sort of talked about before. Yeah, with the coming back to the father thing, I think it's just removing the ability to make excuses, right? Because you're saying you still have to look after them, and you have to give way to them and bear with them if they do things that annoy you. And and like yeah, excuses, oh, but he's a bad dad, and he's like, well, bad luck. <laughs> hmm. He's still your dad, so you still got to look after him. Yeah, I, I don't know if that really works in the modern world as much because it's um like it, it's true yeah they are still your father but i think um it's um <laughs> i don't know i guess it depends on the degrees you're sort of dealing with here you know what i mean if you're taking like genuine abuse from your from your father in the modern age you wouldn't take that you're just going oh, just going to cut him off and not deal with yeah. him then or whatever it may well be um, but back then, you probably would have just taken it because that's that's how it would have been. You know what I mean? Maybe. 
I don't know. I think it's... I think... Um, it's probably coming back to that idea of a just man doesn't commit injustice. So, sure. in, in accordance with nature, if you've got an elderly parent, they're your responsibility. And yeah. whether or not they deserve it doesn't change what it is. That doesn't change the nature. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Their behavior doesn't change the nature of your relationship. It's probably yeah. the way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I mean, you, you can certainly, I think, provide a roof and, and meals and that sort of stuff. And that's not the same as it being good. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but part of the advantages of modern day is that there's the social safety nets. Now, I, I'm pretty sure that those things weren't a thing back then. No, for sure. So, you know, the father yeah. would end up out as homeless, I'm guessing, or um, just dying from not getting care. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, um, yeah, I must admit, I wasn't even thinking about old age. I was just like thinking about even if you're a, I know you're a, you're a, a teenager or something like that, oh, okay. but your dad, yeah. your dad falls sick or something like that. And it's, uh, you know, you're going to fetch them broth and, um, I don't know, a blanket or whatever it was, you know, um, or are you going to be sort of like have the shits cause they've been a jerk to you and giving you, you know, clip around the ear and, you know, yelling abuse at you all the time and all that sort of things. So That's like, oh, stuff it. He can get his own bloody stuff. Mm. Don't care if he's sick or not. I'm um, wondering, I'm wondering if he's thinking, cause he's always emphasizing this whole thing of, um, something can only harm you if you allow it to, right? Like yeah. for no, no one shall harm you without your consent. You will only be harmed when you think you are harmed, right? I'm wondering if he's thinking, so hypothetically speaking, you have a bad father, they're abusive or whatever, and then they get sick. Mm. But according to nature, they're still your old man. If you then turn around and abuse them back, you've basically admitted the harm that they've done to you. So in his mind, he's like, by taking out revenge, you've allowed that harm to manifest itself in you. I wonder if that's kind of what he's thinking. I'm just trying to understand. Mm. It's, 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 pretty, it's, a pretty, it. it's a pretty it's a pretty bitter pill to swallow if you know what I mean I, I think he's really trying to get at the heart of like if you've got your own um, moral code of ethics that you operate to you know you should stick to that regardless of how someone's treated you right you know you and stick according to, your to him that yeah and according according to him, uh, ethics and morals are directly related to nature. You've got to understand the nature of things to know what's yeah. right, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, so if you've got a code of ethics you operate to, even though your father's been abusive to you and all that sort of thing, you know, take the high road and look after him even though he's been an asshole and called your names and given you a clip around the ear or whatever it is. And, um, Except I think he's, yeah. he's tying the, the so-called high road he's tying that to the nature of things. So there's something foundational there. Mm. So it's not a matter mm. of just cho choose your ethical system and stick to it. Like he's actually giving one yeah. as sort of esoteric as yeah. it might be. 
No, no, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but because of the very nature of the the father and son or father and daughter, whatever relationship, that implies a natural thing that you need to participate in. What do you, what do you think um, LGBTQ plus 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 activists would think of that line? Oh, I don't know. Um, probably, no, probably no different. No idea. No matter what the scenario is, it no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Food for thought. I don't know. No, none of us have the, none of us have the balls to comment on that one. <laughs> no, I comment on it, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to argue what? that you haven't got a, a, a natural claim to a good valor. Um, you know, no, no, but more fundamentally, saying that's the one thing you do. You have a natural. You only have a natural claim to a father. Yeah, our society doesn't. Our society doesn't think that. Well, we've got the advantage of um, IVF and and. Yeah, anonymous sperm donors and all that sort of stuff. So you know, there, there could be those are advantages, but that, that, those might be advantages. But I, I don't think that gets around his concept of nature. I'm not saying one way or the other whether whether he's right or wrong, but mm. no, no, you're saying. I, 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 yeah, look, I wonder, I wonder if I, I wonder if given those sorts of technologies, whether it would have shifted his view. Um. Maybe, but I guess impossible. Impossible to know, I suppose. But you know, is is it saying father because we're talking in Roman period where we wouldn't talk about mothers in the same way? Like, if so, if we're looking at it from a modern modern lens, would he say parent as opposed to father? You know. No, I think I think you could change that word father to mother, and it would mean it'd be the same thing. It's talking about that natural. Yeah. Well, he, exactly. he describes it as a. As a natural claim, so that's yeah, why I don't, I don't think, know. or that's why I don't. Yeah, so because of that, I don't think it would significantly impact it having the mm. modern day perspective looking at it, because the idea is still the same. You still have a parent. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think the term parent is synonymous to father or mother. I think there's a, a different category there. Oh, so you mean like a biological? father as opposed to father figure is you trying to make a distinction about who that person was relationally and who that person was uh, who gave you dna i would i would suggest both okay expand because i'm not quite following you <laughs> well i'm i'm trying to get inside his head so i mean i could yeah. be totally totally off base here but he's talking about nature right so you've got yeah you you you've got the biological perspective. You, you've got a, you have to have a father and a mother, so they you have an, you would have a natural claim to them. But then I suppose, from another perspective, he might be thinking, well, maybe your father's dead and you have an adopted father. Yeah. But a father is still different from a mother. Oh, okay. You know what I mean, like, because I, I I don't know. Would he would he think that there's that the term father has like an abstract or ontological basis within itself that's not that, that that's not um you know not tied to that biological thing i don't know i'm just floating ideas 
I don't know. Like, I, if we read later in the book, references to females in his arguments, then probably, but... I don't, I don't, know, I don't like, think that's... I think it's probably just more a case of this is the the example of a natural relationship that he's chosen to use, and it's probably in his mind a, a more obvious one because at that point in time, the male was the more dominant sort of member of the household, and that's that's just where the the philosophy I think would would sort of come from just in that time. But I don't know. I, I think I follow I, well, what you're I mean, saying. He didn't... He then moves on to brother, so because the idea is there's different relationships, and he he broadens it out to um, Praetorians and citizens and neighbours, I suppose. So yeah, yeah, he's that's... talking about relations. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I... But the, but the 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 interesting part is that he talk he talks about a natural claim. That's that's the mm. bit that I'm stuck on. I'm just like, what exactly is a natural claim? But it might be impossible to know. Yeah. But <laughs> I think um, I, I read that as, um, as far as I know, IVF wasn't a thing back then. Um, There's one way that people had kids, and it was a dude and a chick getting together. <laughs> and so, in accordance with nature, you it must always be you've had a mum or a dad. Mm. And so, that's but that's all you can claim. You can't say, oh, well. According to nature, I should have a caring mother or a good father. A caring. It's just mm. according to nature, all I can say. Yeah, one is of each, and that's I it. I have one of each, and that's it. There's no nothing beyond the fact that they physically exist and that they participated in the monkey dance. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just having a look at another translation of those words just to see if it gave any different sort of meaning there. Um, um, consider not what he does, but what you are to do to keep your own will in a state conformable to nature. That's the way it was put on another one. Um, that makes sense. It's it, that's coming back to that idea of you are in control of yourself, mm. and it's your impression of other people that harms you. So you can't control those people. You can't control yeah. your father. You can't control your brother. It's how you respond to it. Do you think that's what he's saying? I think so. Um, yeah, interestingly, the um, the more modern um, translation basically does away with that altogether that reference to nature there <laughs> oh what is it do? is that right mm. what does it say it's cuts it a bit sh shorter so uh just says uh relations define duties you've got a father then you have duties helping him taking care of him when he is in need listening to his advice even when it's reproachful you object that you've got a bad father are you necessarily related to a good father no, only to a father, and that's all they say on that. Mm. So there's no no mm. reference to reviles and striking, and that's very. And they just said when when he's reproachful is as far as they go on that. That's because that's a very different prospect from reviling you and striking you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, interesting. 
That's maybe, very interesting. Maybe um, they've decided that at the time the striking wasn't as offensive as it is now. Oh, well, I mean, that that's something that's even like just changed from the 80s, right? Yeah. I mean, it was pretty typical for parents to give kids a, a whack and uh, nobody does that now. So... <laughs> that's a short period of time right like yeah, yeah. and it's like but i mean the term reviles is like it's a, like a pretty negative term you know yeah no no, no absolutely uh it goes beyond it, harsh we, discipline yeah here's another one uh patiently receiving his reproaches his coercion Ooh. so <laughs> it's only our version i think that that sort of says reviles or strikes so, uh, I wonder how. I wonder how old, how old is our translation? Does anyone know? It's a penguin. Yeah, classic, isn't uh, it? I can tell you. It's uh, nineteen sixteen. Yeah, boy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, it wasn't as offensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. I don't know whether I don't know whether I really appreciate that kind of. Um, uh, approach to translation. Yeah, I mean, you, you do wonder how um, how things are lost. Because I know, and my uh, uh, sort of let's call him grandfather-in-law is 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 Greek, and we'd often sort of talk about translating things, and he'd say, you know, the um, the word for this concept uh, doesn't exist in English. So he was trying to explain something Greek to me. And he said there is no translation for that word. Ah, yeah right so i'm sure that happens when they're translating any kind of things that um you get to some things that that's just something different you've yeah. got to kind of work your way around you it. you hear about but, um, you hear about that with uh, german terms as well mm. all right well i reckon we've got one more in us and then we'll head to the pub so sure. um, i don't know have you seen have you seen 31 <laughs> yes <laughs> it's another big one all right, well, let's go. We're not here to... Uh, well, hang on, I was about to say it's some strange thing that would have put a swearing... Uh, <laughs> no, thing we're, uh, we're not here to bang spiders. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 31. Uh, for piety towards the gods, know that the most important thing is this, to have right opinions about them, that they exist and that they govern the universe well and justly, and to have set yourself to obey them and to give way to all that happens, following events with a free will in the belief that they are fulfilled by the highest mind. For thus you will never blame the gods, nor accuse them of neglecting you. But this you cannot achieve unless you apply your conception of good and evil to those things only which are in our power, and not to those which are out of our power. For if you apply your notion of good or evil to the latter, then as soon as you fail to get what you will to get, or fail to avoid what you will to avoid, you'll be bound to blame and hate those who you hold responsible. For every living creature has a natural tendency to avoid and shun what seems harmful and all that causes it, and to pursue and admire what is helpful and all that causes it. It is not possible, then, for one who thinks he is harmed to take pleasure in what he thinks is the author of the harm, any more than to take pleasure in the harm itself. That is why a father is reviled by his son when he does not give his son a share of what the son regards as good things. 
Thus Polynesus and Eteocles were set at enmity with one another by thinking that a king's throne was a good thing. That is why the farmer and the sailor and the merchant and those who lose wife or children revile the gods, for men's religion is bound up with their interest. Therefore he who makes it his concern to rightly direct his will to get and his will to avoid is thereby making piety his concern. But it is proper on each occasion to make libation and sacrifice and to offer first fruits according to the custom of our fathers with purity and not in slovenly or careless fashion without meanness and without extravagance lots of big words in that one Whew. yeah <clears throat> felt like i clutched it a bit um no you did fine mate you did fine uh thank you um piety towards the gods have right opinions about the gods let's start with that what are the right opinions about the gods i think they're just saying that uh you know you acknowledge that the gods are real and that they are setting you on a, a path for a reason that's within their wisdom um assuming that that is fair and wise and all of that sort of thing so like the will of the fates stuff yeah I, th I think that's where they're, they're sort of going with that. Um, yeah, it says that they govern the universe well and justly. That was kind yeah. of almost, I think Socrates kind of hit on that point too. He's like, yeah, um, if, if they weren't just, then they wouldn't be gods, you know what I mean? They'd be something yeah. else. Mm. Yeah. And so they're sort of saying that, you know, when stuff goes wrong, or according to you, you shouldn't blame the gods you know it's part of a the overall wisdom for the universe right yeah um and i guess they're sort of saying you know yeah you shouldn't be throwing accusations at the gods that they're neglecting you is what he's sort of saying there so um he rolls that into i think this thing about wanting stuff that's outside of your control maybe and then if you're not getting it blaming it on the gods as well saying that if you go down that pathway it's never going to end well because you know there's a path they've sort of set and if you're you know praying for intervention to do something um that's outside of your control then you may be disappointed i suppose and then maybe you're going to be like lacking in your um piety to to the gods because you feel like they've let you down or something so you're saying you shouldn't do that because why put the gods in that position? You just need to worship them for what they are and, and trust in the, 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 I think the fate of the, um, however they put it, the trust way they the govern process. the universe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where he's going. I don't know where that, that that's anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right or wrong, but I, I think that, I think that's the vibe he's, he's putting down, but, um, well, isn't that, um, there's another one that's, I can't remember who said it. It's essentially like, um, wish for things to happen as they do. And then mm. you won't be disappointed or something along those lines. I can't quite remember who, who that was, but I know that that's yeah. an idea of the Stoics is that, um, actually it might've been Marcus Aurelius idea from his journal, but yeah, it's like wish for things to happen in exactly the way that they do. And then nothing will harm you. 
because you're like, yep, that's that happened. That should have happened that way. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Marcus Aurelius who had that sort of mm. attitude. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're just sort of saying that you know if they if if you're asking God for something and then uh, or the gods for something and then you don't get it, it's going to be difficult for you to still love God if you see them as the cause of your pain. And I think if you're acknowledging early on that you know you should have pity towards the gods and accept that, then it's it's probably not the right thing to do. Um. He's talking about an example there, I think, like where he was at the, like, um, like the the child and the father or something like that. You, and you could, you know, have uh, two kids fighting over. Uh, oh, sorry, that's the that actually that's the example. What was it? Uh, Poly Polynesius and Etocles. Um, they were like two brothers arguing over a, a king's throne. So I looked up that story as I usually do. Um, <laughs> and basically, you know, if you've got, um, oh, what was the, the base of the story? I think I've lost the plot. Is it a bit like Cain and Abel? I think it's just, you've got two sons who both think they deserve the throne and you're always going to have one unhappy and one happy, I suppose. Um, you know, so do you, you know, who, who do you place the blame in? Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that he also goes into the natural way that living creatures avoid things and move towards things mm. based on what they desire. Um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he talks about avoiding quite a bit, which seemed like a bit of an odd um, concept initially when we started reading Epictetus, because it wasn't something... Uh, I'd really thought about. I often think about people wanting things, not wanting to avoid things. Um, but that is a bit of a recurring theme. He, he he sort of gets through every now and then. Um, but either way, you know, you, you're trying to seek to only control what's yours, and um, you know, really, when they talk about the gods, they're, they're saying right at the end there, it's around. You know, you should be offering your libation and sacrifice and uh, just doing it earnestly and uh, not, I don't know, loading God with your troubles that you're going to get <laughs> disappointed when they don't get personally addressed or whatever it may well be. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Ruben? You look very deep in thought. Mm. Uh, I was really interested in the bit where he says uh, this is that is why farmers and sailors and merchants and those who lose wives, wives and children revile the gods for men's religion is bound up with their interest um, their own men's interest yeah so what what um, struck me about that is, is he basically saying that uh, if your religion is there to serve you um, you're going to end up hating the gods. Hmm. That's interesting though. Cause I mean, if you, and I don't know what it was like with the, the, the Greek gods, cause I know in the sort of, um, early days of, of religion, a lot was sort of centered around the idea of the concept of personal God and God being a God specific to you or your family or your tribe or whatever it may well be. Um, so it's, 
it's interesting now, I suppose, to sort of see that separation that you shouldn't be asking God to care for you personally, because it's almost counter well, to what a, a lot of philosophy at that time around religion may have been. I don't know. Maybe. I, I'm thinking I, it's, it's impossible not to think of it in modern terms, but if you do, I mean, sometimes you hear non-religious people object to religion because they say, well, what good is it? You know what I mean? Mm. You know, I, I pray, I can pray for a Ferrari. I'm not going to get a Ferrari. I can pray mm. for a new job. I'm not going to get a new job. Yeah. Um, so they either decide that God doesn't exist or gods don't exist or they, if they think gods exist, they then, or they then dislike God for not giving them what they want. But yeah. ultimately what he's saying is, well, if your religion is bound up with your personal interests, then of course that's going to be the result. Yeah. Yeah. Cause life's full of tragedy. Um, and if, and it, if that tragedy impacts you, you blame the gods rather than it just being part of nature. So is he basically saying you've got to invert that? Or well, I don't know whether he is, but in my mind, I'm like, well, the, the, the solution to that is to invert that uh, and make, if you were to make your religion about um, praising the higher being, or if I, don't know, I think Buddhists are about, you know, becoming one with the cosmos or whatever. But if you work, if you commit yourself to that higher, that higher order thing, put that before your own personal interests, then you're not going to end up reviling the gods as he, as he puts it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's just around sort of maybe doing it in the spirit with which it's intended, i.e., you know, um, you know, submitting yourself to, to God's will, I suppose, rather than trying to impose your will on the gods. Yeah. In some uh, ways, it's almost, it's almost, sometimes it's kind of funny because it's like in any other, like in any other situation, you'd be like, oh, that, you're just being selfish. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't like my neighbor because he uh, wouldn't let me load up extra my garbage in his bin or, you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. like, uh, I don't, I don't like my uh, uncle because he gives me shit presents. You know what I mean? Like in any yeah. other situation, you'd be like, oh, you're just being a selfish person. Yeah. And then he's, he's kind of almost translating that to, to their gods. And he's like, well, I mean, you really, you're going to hate them because they don't give you what you want or you're just being selfish. And that mm. kind of then tri trickles back into his whole philosophy, which is um, focus on what is yours, what you can control. And yeah, largely the only thing you can control is your, uh, your own thoughts and emotions and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys ever remember, uh, God, what was it? It was like a Jim Carrey movie. Was it Evan Almighty or something like that or yeah. uh, something like that? And uh, I don't know, he gets made God or or he's filling in for God or so. I can't quite remember the story, right? And he decides to give everyone their, answer everyone's prayers. And it's like, oh, they have like a, a record, like 3 million people who win the lotto all win the lotto at the same time. <laughs> so they all end up with a dollar fifty because everybody wins the lotto, right? <laughs> it becomes meaningless, yeah. Yeah, and uh, like, but but that's also the thing, right? I mean, if um, if if the gods were there to answer every whim, it would be meaningless, right? If people were just well, asking for all the petty crap in the world they could possibly want. You and, know? and does anyone does anyone really think, like, does anyone honestly think that if you got whatever you want, that'd make you a better person? I yeah. think most people understand that would make you a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, really would. Yeah.
Yeah, hence the term spoiled brat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, let's uh, wrap it up there, I reckon, and we'll head down to the pub. Um, For those watching, this is a photo that I took when I went to Europe with my wife many, many years ago, and um, she's seated in the photo. But uh, for all intents and purposes, it is the pub philosophers. <laughs> so, uh, pub philosophers, uh, today, uh, the topic. You guys ready? Go lay it on us. What have you got up your sleeve? Okay. New Obi Wan Kenobi show. Has either of you watched it at all? I have not. Ruben, I will, but not yet. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to talk about it, but I'll uh, I'll keep it I'll keep it light and loose. I've watched the first two episodes. Um, the reviews are high praise. There's a lot of hype about it. Mm. Um, for me, it just feels a little bit B grade. Like they had some good ambitions, but they haven't got the budget to meet it. Oh, really? So, yeah, the, the music feels a bit generic a bit vanilla the special effects at times look like xbox quality special effects oh wow when you pay attention like when you pay attention it's like oh that's actually a bit (laughs) so you don't Um, reckon it's on it's not like on the production level of um mandalorian that was the good one wasn't it yeah but see the mandalorian was low budget and they knew it and so practical yeah um, yeah. and, and a lot that's of it looks so good, yeah. That's right, because they kept it to inside a cantina or inside this room or inside that room, or there's not heaps and heaps of big open spaces. Mm. Um, but what they're trying to do is mesh it into like the third Star Wars movie scale, and that that movie, like the third Star Wars movie, is not well written. But it is visually stunning. Like that opening mm. scene where they have the massive space battle and sort of you see. Wait, which one's through. the third one? It's the one where Anakin becomes. You mean Vader. episode three or the third one they ever made or Episode what do you mean three. By the third one? So what we called the new ones, the third one. Yeah. 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 The, the prequel. Yeah. So they got that big space prequels, battle. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. The big space battle. prequels, I know what you mean. Yeah, so the third prequel movie, that massive spaceship battle is epic. It still looks amazing. Um, but anyway, so the, the show's trying to go to that sort of scale and they just haven't got the budget for it. So it feels a little bit B-grady. But um, mm. I'm hoping that they get past that and it, and it becomes something a little bit better. But How's the story, though? I'm more interested in that, I reckon. Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably it's hard to say it. after the second episode. Hmm. I like what they're doing with it so far. I hope I'm not angry at it. <laughs> so they haven't <laughs> they haven't done um, uh, an episode eight uh, on me at this point in time where I, yeah. where I hate it. Yeah, it's um, it's okay. That's all right. I, I hope it's uh, better than the book of Boba Fett because that just kind of didn't quite hit the highs well, until they inserted Mando into mm. uh, into Boba Fett and it suddenly got better mm. <laughs> um, I, I think it's 
there are parts of it that feel like the actually that's a good description so do you recall the scooter chase scenes in the Bubba the Fett TV show yeah, yeah terrible yeah it kind of feels a bit like that at times where I'm uh, like oh the budget's not there it's not quite right but yeah. then there's other bits where I'm like oh this is alright so yeah we'll see that they were my most probably hated Star Wars character set ever in any of the series the mods yeah. I reckon have you watched the Ewok movies yes <laughs> so even with the Ewok movies that's more hated that's so funny I like the I like those Ewok movies Caravan yeah, of Courage the one where, the, where the kids end up in the spider cave at the end and all that yeah yeah, yeah I like those yeah the bad guys in those movies are freaky I remember my kids watching the original Star Wars movies and being all sweet no tears no it wasn't too scary for them and then put on that Caravan of Hope whatever it was with those ridiculous looking bad guys my kids <laughs> both just freaked out they couldn't deal with it <laughs> so alright well anyway so far so good fingers crossed um, the other show I was going to bring up is Halo have either of you watched any mm. of the Halo shows no because it's on like what Paramount or something mm. you can get a yeah, free trial for one. 7 days so you can smash it out oh is the whole uh, season yeah, there or yeah, they... yep. 9 yeah, episodes so, yeah, I will check it out I've heard it's pretty good well it's mixed so the purists like we don't like A, B, C, D and E because the internet is a positive place um, but the show's done well and it's pulled in a lot of viewers and a lot of people who have never played the games are really enjoying the show so mm. yeah yeah I've never played Halo uh, because I didn't have an Xbox in those generations when Halo was kind of wow. a thing wow yeah. it still is a thing it's still going now, yeah, the latest version's out and it's still cranking. Mm. Did you play much Halo the... Ruben? I think you did. Didn't you play a lot of Halo 2 and Halo 3 back in the day? Yeah, but only because I don't know whether you would remember this. We used to have like our really early PCs and then you tried to get a LAN party going and it was you, you needed a bloody you needed it to be like a full blown network technician to get them all to talk to each other back in the day. We we're talking a long time ago now. I remember but then yeah, I would get them working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it would take hours. Like, and then when you finally got it running, you, you, you play for a bit and then the sun come up. But, um, the, yeah, but then Xbox came out with their thing and it was just plug and play. Yeah, um, so that's what amazing. I, that's what I remember. I, I never really, I, I mean, I played them all. I don't remember getting into single player that much. I mean, I finished them or whatever. But that's what I, what was what I enjoyed about it is yeah you'd be able to just get like a bunch of teenagers together or whatever and just plug and play you're good to go. So here's a flashback. I remember going to Ruben's house in high school with a, it might have been just after high school, with a um, PC and we set up I think two big dining tables in Ruben's massive family room that they had, and I brought over a big network switch and we set up all these PCs and we would play uh, Counter-Strike yeah Counter-Strike yeah um, it might have been Quake uh, and Unreal Starcraft 2 or Starcraft yeah Um, Counter-Strike might have been too uh, early for that big one when I was at uh, at uni because we all lived on campus and we were all on our own uh, land on on campus and so we could 
yeah, we're constantly just playing Counter Strike, Counter Strike, Counter Strike, Counter Strike. Yeah, that was boss. <laughs> or oh, Age yeah. of Empires, Ruben. I think we did a lot of Age of Empires. That was a big one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a good game. And Command and Conquer. Well, Command and Conquer was the first one I ever did multiplayer anything on. Mm. On uh, oh, yeah. dial up dial up modem with uh, <laughs> one of the guys from school. Yeah, Command yeah, and Conquer good. Red Alert. Yeah, yeah, that was a good game. And um, that was awesome. what else was there? Uh, oh, Civilization. Did you ever play Civ? Welcome. Uh, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I only had like you know how you used to get those um, demo discs on like PC magazines. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Yes. Remember that used yeah. to be a thing? Or you'd get like, yeah, God, going best. back really far, the three and a half inch floppy with, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> have like Duke Nukem on there or yes, um, something like that. You get the free demo. Commander Keen. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. All yeah, that man. stuff. That was legit. I even, yeah. I even had computers that used the five and quarter inch floppies. Ooh. And, yeah. and I had the Commodore 64 that ran off cassette tapes. We had those at school, yeah. micro bees. Yeah. 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 <laughs> God, we, we really are saying middle Marjorie, freaking five minute load times. People complain about load times in modern games. Please yeah. try loading a game off Commodore 64. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Try, a 40, try a 45 minute cassette player having to load the whole level. Like, yeah. Plug it in, press, press load, and go renovate a house come back it might be ready <laughs> ridiculous yeah yeah all right we'll wrap it up there um for those of you listening at home uh we hope you've uh enjoyed listening to us waffle on um but uh i'm really enjoying this book and um we hope you are too and uh remember the republic wasn't built in a day and neither middle-aged men and uh, we'll catch you guys next time bye see you, see you.